Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC, whose main club sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello again, everyone. And uh, today we're for part two for Andy Constable. Now, when we left Andy last time in part one, he was at Phoenix, but uh, there was a little bit of a journey as how he got there from Erith and Belvedere, then back to Chatham, then Phoenix Sports, then Seven Oaks, then back to Phoenix. Uh, is that about right, Andy? That's exactly right. Yeah, that's that's the pattern. Like I think my playing career continued over the next couple of years as well that we're going to talk about now. That's good. That's good. And before we go too much further, you've got a word or two to say about Braggy, haven't you? Yeah, I totally dropped a dropped a ball on that one and forgot that whole period of time when he was in charge. So I literally jumped from uh, playing for John Roseman uh, straight to Matt Tom's when, of course. Jason took over from uh, from John and was very successful with us as well. Um, and that that probably was for me when the, the change at the club started and we we started on the path to, to leave to where the, the club is now. But obviously he took us took us to a cup final. I think I, I think I blanked that one out because I was actually suspended for both sem- legs of the semi final. I can't even remember who the semi final was against, but I think we won. I think we won one nil and then drew nil nil or something like that. Yeah. But luckily, got picked to play in the final, but we unfortunately lost to Maidstone uh, 2-0. And that was when they was quite strong at our level, to be honest. But yeah, completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, just one of those things, isn't it? That particular yeah. day you're talking about, you can correct me if I've got it wrong, but because you played that day. But that pitch was bone hard and dry, wasn't it? Yeah, it was down at Folkestone, wasn't it? They always played it, played it there, and it was wasn't it? It was just. Yeah, it was solid. It was very dusty. I actually remember we had a few chances in the game. We actually, we did, yeah. we did all right. But um, I think it was, we lost 2-0. I know Steve Marshall was playing for Maidstone. I'm pretty certain he scored. And they were just a bit stronger than us, to be honest. Yeah. So can you can accept that. I think, I'm sure, was that the year they won? The, they did the double and they started their, their journey as well? Yeah, could well have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, that was a, that was a, a, a tough one. Obviously, you forget the defeats, don't you? You don't remember them as much. You try you, to anyway. You glory hunter, you. So, <laughs> so, so back to Phoenix. So obviously, ended up back at Phoenix. Um, I think we touched on it that they had a fantastic season. I had left at the start of that season just to go back to Seven Oaks. Phoenix kind of went. I think they lost. They, they lost one game all season in the league. That was to Ashford at home. They had a fantastic run in the Vars. I think they got to the quarterfinals. And after that Vars run had finished, so I think it was probably around February time of that year. So kind of two months left of the season. Got a call just to, to go back there because they, they needed someone to fill a gap for a, their main striker. I think Ricky Freeman was had a yeah. few suspensions and injuries. So I went back, played played as kind of a, a cameo role in that and, and scored a few goals. One stood out was a... We beat Canterbury at home one 0 and I come off the bench and scored. So I feel like I added a little bit to that, but not not similar to the the, the experiences I had winning things with Whitstable and here from Belvedere, where I was I felt like I was a bigger part of it. So um, still nice, but not not quite the same as the others. Now I was thinking the other night I, I nearly sort of delved into Google and started faffing about, but I thought, well, I'm going to ask Andy because Andy will know. How many promotions have you got during your career? 
I have five in total. Obviously, Whitstable, here from Belvedere, Phoenix, when we went up and up, up into the Ryman North again, similar to when I played for Thamesmead. And then I had two, one at Sheppey when we were in the Kent and Victor League, and then one in uh, one at Rust Hall when it was Southern Counties Div 1. So five in total, which isn't too bad. I'll take that. It's good. funny that they all come kind of later on, though. It's not like it took me seven or eight years to get to that point. Yeah, it's nice, though. It's nice to be part of teams that, that are yeah. successful, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you get spoken about in glowing terms because you were part of that success. Yeah, exactly. You get, yeah. you get, you kind of get remembered a little bit. The year, we'll talk about the Sheffield stuff because that was, that was where I ended up after, after Phoenix. So I, I started the season at Phoenix in the Ryman North. Again, didn't play that much. And obviously that was, a, that's a lot of travelling uh, at that time in my career at my age I just wanted to play I've always wanted to play as much as I can but even more so at that that point because you just don't know how long you can play for I ended up funny enough before I got to Sheffield I went back to Seven Oaks so that was that was basically the fourth time that I went back to Seven Oaks under Mickey Collins again played a couple of games there I played in an FA Cup game against Lewis so we we beat them which was good they were a couple of levels above us at the time and then I actually went up to Sheffield on loan. So I went there for initially for four weeks just to get some football. And I mean, you, you know the setup they've got there. You, as soon as you walk into that place, it's just something special, isn't it? So went there, went for a month's loan, loved it, just asked to stay. They wanted to keep me and ended up having the, having a season there, which again, one of my most successful seasons, to be honest, albeit dropping down a level, dropped down to step six, something I... You kind of, as a player, always want to put a limit on where you would kind of draw the line on where you want to play. But for me, going there, the, the, the bigger picture was always to try and get promotion and get out of that league. And you're playing a, on an unbelievable pitch. You had a great fan base again at the time. Um, throughout that season, we we were regularly getting over five, 600 people. We had one game on uh, Easter, I think it was Easter Monday against Glebe. But they were top at the time. We were chasing them down over a thousand people for that so that was fantastic and yeah ended up ended up like I think I scored like 25 plus goals that year we finished second got promoted but we went on a ridiculous run again to get into that position because when I went there we were kind of mid-table and we actually won the Kent Senior Trophy so we beat Ashford in the final at Maidstone was on the bench for that game a bit disappointed with that got off the bench Played played a, a good portion of that game and then went to a penalty shootout. Missed my penalty in the uh, in the shootout. Keeper saved it again. That that bit doesn't matter because there's a winners medal that says we won. <laughs> happy days. Happy days. Happy yeah. days. Yeah, so that, that was that that was a good that was a very good season. I won I won supporters player of the year as well actually. So I know. To get that recognition is always nice for me. That's one of the best ones. Everyone everyone enjoys if there's like the, your own players vote for you as player of the season and that kind of accolade. But when you when you've got a good fan base like you got at Sheppey, that that was that was a big thing for me. And I, I was like I think it was like 36, 37 at the time. So to get that is yeah, it was great. Got um they had a, they had a song for me. I know you you mentioned the song at the the oyster boys used to sing about me but they uh, 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 at Sheffy it was he eats what he wants basically so <laughs> that was quite a fun one 
Yeah, good times, really good times. And um, scores then, and scores when he wants, yeah. yeah started when he scored. That, well, that's the actual song, isn't it? I think yeah. he scored once, but they, they adapt it to he, he eats what he wants, given my ever-expanding waistline, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Still, that, yeah. that 10-yard box, that's enough, isn't it? You just get in that 10-yard box. It, it really is. Like, I think you, from the way I played as the, the height of me is always kind of like a bit of an old school target man. I've learned over the years that playing with my back to goal is my strength. I can hold the ball up, bring bring other players into play. And then simple, just get into the box. And if you've got good wingers around you and you've got teams set up to play to your strengths, it's a, it's a real big cliche, but the goals never move, do they? No. So it's literally just the case of getting in there, getting in uh, and and whether or not you've got pace over a certain amount of distance, you've definitely got a bit of knowledge about movement and yes. where things may drop and where to put yourself. And that, that doesn't really ever leave you. So as long as the body can still do it, the mind will always be able to do it. And, and that's why I think it's been successful for me, really. Stuart King said a fascinating thing to me. He said to me, I don't care how many people there are on the ground, he said there could be a hundred, there could be a thousand, there could be two thousand. I always can hear the sound of the ball hitting the net. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's true. Yeah. It is it is a fantastic sound. Just it that is, noise. Yeah. yeah. It is, it is. And and as far as scoring a goal, the same sort of thing applies. He said, I don't care if it's a thirty yard thunderbolt or if it's come off my knee. I'm it's a goal. Yeah. That's it. It doesn't. It, when you look back and you you see how many goals you've scored over however many games you've played or whatever, it's it just shows that number, doesn't it? I mean, you can obviously you have the memories of the of the better ones, and it's it is nice to score some some great goals. But as a striker, you just take any goal that you can. I think, funny enough, I think here from Belvedere, I had a, I had, I think it, Alfie May broke the record. I think, but I held the record for like the most consecutive goals in a game, uh, sorry, consecutive games scoring, which was eight in a row. And one of those games, the last one actually, the eighth was at Beckenham. And it was a, it was a header from a corner that I definitely got a slight touch on, but it 100% flicked off a defender to loop in over the keeper. So like, you take it though, don't you, as a striker? You don't, you don't ever go back to that stuff. You just no. go, yeah, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> Who was the uh, who was the manager at Sheppey when you were there? So it was Ernie. So Ernie. Ernie, yeah, Ernie was there. Jeff Record was his assistant. So um, I had a really nice message from Jeff actually after the first part of this podcast that we did. He's um, a good lad, isn't he? Yeah, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. He. Uh, it's funny because I obviously I knew he had some time at Whitstable when we were when we were at Sheppey together, and Barry Morgan was there as well. Yes. Um, so I know that they were they were like a close close group of friends those three and yeah it was Jeff he's old school to be honest and that's that's what I like Ernie's similar same as as Barry yeah. when you're when you're of my age and you still get to experience playing for, for for people that have played when football was slightly different and you can relate to that in in some ways I, I enjoy that still yeah it was it, Ernie was obviously he's, he's a character he leaves a lot of how that club was run from a training side of things with Barry and, and Jeff and that worked well and he focused on what he needed to do and that was that was to, to get the right team on the pitch and it and it worked really well for us. We had we had some good players. There'll be there'll be everyone thinks that at that time there was like ridiculous money at Sheffield. But it wasn't it wasn't big money. Yes there was a budget 
but it wasn't uh, ridiculous. It was it was a good budget for that level, and it got us out of that league, which is what what the goal was. So yeah, enjoy playing for them. Sad when that came to an end, to be honest, because I didn't didn't want to leave. But obviously, the following season we got back into into the Southern Counties Prem and just didn't play again. So just sort of like frustrated with sitting on the bench and not getting minutes. And I know it is part of getting getting older, you have to accept it, but I still felt like I had something to offer, mm-hmm. particularly given the season that I'd had. So I, I basically went ended up going to Rust Hall and they were back in the in uh, the league below, so in Div 1. And to be honest, that, that was, they were reluctant to take me, I think, but I was just so persistent and just wouldn't leave them alone about wanting to go and play for them that I, uh, I ended up managed to get in there. Again, I think Danny Powell was their main striker. He picked up an injury, so they needed someone to come in. I went in, started scoring, and again, had another another 20-plus goal season there, and we ended up getting promoted. Again, it was second place, not winning it, but it still got them into a level of football that they've never been before. And and since then, they've obviously, they've obviously gone and um, redone their pitch. The ground has come up to standard. They've got a great fan base as well, very yeah. similar to... Tunbridge Wells yeah. um, in, at that level and and hopefully they're a club that can continue to progress. Yeah, I had a great time at, at Rustall, enjoyed that as well. Unbelievable dressing room there again. I, I think I touched on it before, but all of these teams where, where there's been success is always a great dressing room behind that. And and that for me is it, it was important. I knew a lot of the lads at Rustall anyway, just from playing with against them a few yeah. various teams over the years. But they were they were a group of mates and I kind of slotted into that quite well. And yeah, and that, that was another another really good good season for me. Finished top scorer there as well. So always nice to keep picking up the, the top scorer awards as a striker. Yeah, it's it's a it's a strange one. This this going into a dressing room that yeah. there's already an established group of players, and you either come in with the attitude from some of them like, who is this big time Charlie coming in now? Or our saviour. <laughs> and he's going to score goals. It's two sort of sides of it, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there is. There's another couple of sides for me. Is is he going to eat all the food in the clubhouse after the game? That's one. And uh, is he actually going to run around? Yeah. Look, you 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 go in this. A lot of play, players that have finished playing from all levels of football will always say, as soon as they've stopped playing, the thing they miss the most is that is the dressing room and yeah. the fans are and and everything that comes with being part of that kind of atmosphere and setup. And and I totally get it. It's 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 something that you 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 really enjoy and is one of the big pluses about being involved in, in football. And that again that's any level. Like any whether that's a Sunday morning or whether that's professional football, I'd imagine that they're just as close to it and enjoy that 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 atmosphere a lot. Um, you know, anyone that's listening to this now can empathise with you, whether they play football or not. If they love football, what they're missing is that, I don't know what to quite call it, it's it's almost like a family. Anywhere yeah, you is. go, there is a group of people that migrate together. And, you yeah. know, you walk around the ground, you get, hello, how are you, all the rest of it. You don't get yeah. that in your normal life, you know. No, you don't. And it, it, I mean, if you think about it, from a, if you're in a dressing room, you go through a pre-season where you graft together and you put the work in, that builds that, builds that relationship up. Every 
every non-league club, the most that I've been involved in, have always got unbelievable people behind the scenes as well. That extends out of the dressing room into that into that that setup and feeling of of that family, that type of non-league family, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's something that I guess you kind of you 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 miss undoubtedly. Simple as that. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. So now you're at Rustall, you've won the league. What happened? Runners up. Runners up. Promoted. All right, you got promoted. Yeah. <laughs> um, what happened the next season? So same thing happened as at, at Sheppey. So literally went to into the next level. Didn't play enough. Funny enough, I went. We we played a game down at Sheppey, and I got a start and played about 70 minutes, did all right. We actually won the game, I think we won 2-1, but I missed an absolute sitter. Like, and I remember just kind of really regretting that, thinking that was a good opportunity just to remind Sheppy of that I can still do it, and but didn't take that opportunity. And then was in and out of the team. And I remember it clearly. We played, we had, it was the, um, it was Easter again, Easter, no, not Easter. What's the August bank holiday? August there was two games yeah. early in the season. So we played on the Saturday at Seven Oaks and they beat us 3-1. Three, three but I came off the bench and scored. So I thought, right, we've got a game on Monday and it was the it was the opening of the new um, the new ground. Um, so expecting a big crowd. It was against Tunbridge Wells, so a local derby. Yeah. And I just scored coming off the bench thinking right I'm definitely going to get starting this and I didn't even get in the squad I got left out of the squad wow. completely and yeah people that know me know that I'm probably not going to react well to that kind of thing no okay um, yeah threw my toys out the pram completely yeah. um still went to the game still still wanted to be part of it but I think at, at that point I knew that I had to look again elsewhere yeah. for somewhere to, to play some football so I ended up having a conversation with them, they, they were happy to go, uh, let me go, and I went to Homesdale. So I'm trying to think if it was, yeah, that was probably just like September time, mm -hmm. I think it was. I think they just got rid of their manager. I think Ian Varley was managing them, and he left. His assistant, uh, Lee Roots, he kind of took over with Tony Beckenham. Right. Uh, Tony, I knew from Phoenix, so he was, when I first went to Phoenix, he was joint manager there with, with Boyley. And Tony's been successful with, with Croydon, uh, with Homesdale in the past. He got him to that level and he had a, I think he managed like East Grinstead at Ryman level. So he's, he's, he's a good manager and he is very old school, as people will probably tell you. But he, yeah, he was helping Lee out because it was, it was Roots' kind of first job at that level. So I went there just to, just to play, and again, just got minutes, regular minutes played all the time. I think we ended up kind of like seventh, sixth or seventh, but scored scored a, a good few amount of goals, and yeah, just really, really enjoyed it. It was just just going back to playing playing football, and it was yeah. quite funny because obviously I'd started I started at Bromley all those years ago, and I was kind of playing in Bromley again, not at Bromley, but yeah. obviously not that yeah. far from yeah. where where I started, so. I um I was I moved down to Headcourt, so I was still travelling back to to uh, to Bromley at uh, Holmes, Holmesdale, which is a good hour's drive. So 
that had kind of gone full circle as well from living in Orpington and driving all the way down to Whitstable to then <laughs> the further down closer to Whitstable but driving all the way back it worked <laughs> out. but yeah it was it was it was good I, again like I've said it before good people there that run the club felt really close and enjoyed it there had a good season and and then went into the next season Barry Morgan had just taken over at Rochester and he wanted me to go down there with him so I did we unfortunately had the worst ever pre-season start to a season that I'd experienced in my career we we literally I think we had six pre-season games all against higher opposition I might add but we lost every game went into the start of the league season and um, lost the first four league games so we'd, we'd lost like 10 games on the bounce or something and just I just wasn't enjoying it, I don't think. And I ended up kind of having a chat with Morgo and just said, look, I don't think this is this is working out for me. Let's let's look at what I wanted to do. And I went back to went back to Homesdale. Right. Um they'd changed their manager. So Rootsy had gone to Forest Hill. Tony had kind of stepped aside a little bit and was just doing some board stuff. They'd uh, they appointed Ben Cote from uh, Phoenix Reserves. So he had a full management team, really good setup. He went in, took the job, uh, got a good side together. Plan was to try and get out of that league. They, they'd obviously been a, a step higher side for a long time. And the, the goal was to get them back out of that league. So went there with the anticipation of, of challenging for promotion, which is where you'd rather be, not just, just plodding along, if you know what I mean. And then, yeah, basically that didn't, kind of go to play and we lost a few too many games and Ben ended up, I think they, they basically agreed mutually that he would go and that then led to my first opportunity of experiencing management. So I took over as player manager, kind of, I'd say probably halfway through the season with the, with an outside chance of still sort of like staying in, in the race for promotion. But that turned out to be one of the worst experiences of my, of my football career, to be honest. Yeah, it was... It's tough. I mean, management is tough. Simple as that. Um, despite how, however many, I mean, you, you need a load of contacts. You you have to kind of lean on that a lot. And fortunately, I did have that. But I I I wanted to play still, and that's one thing that I don't I don't think really works. I think player manager is a tough one. I, I think Mark Seeds will agree with yeah. with that. He had to he had to knock it on the head to. To get us to where we needed to get to, and, and I know he, I think he probably regrets stopping playing when he did. But I wanted to play, but I initially took a bit of a step back. So accepted the job on a Tuesday. We had a game on the Saturday away to Sutton, who were quite a good side in that in that league. And I think eighty percent of the existing squad left. So I had basically had sort of like five five days to get a side together. Wow. to go and play against Sutton um, and we managed it but it's just it was a lot of work I lent on a lot of contacts to try and get some players in online which we did and we got a game out we got a team out with some youngsters as well for that first game at Sutton we lost 3-2 actually we, we gave a good account of ourselves but just just didn't have, have quite enough and then managed to yeah start started to get some better players in got to where I thought we had a, a decent side and we had a couple of good results, got a couple of wins, but then we went on a on a bad run and I think we lost sort of like eight or nine games on the bounce. 
Um, a lot of other players left. Budget was cut, quite rightly so, because there was no real, real opportunity to get out of that league. And actually ended up that season with um, quite a lot of like the under 18s stepping up. Some of them are still in that squad now, actually, and doing okay. Bryden at the time were a good side. They were challenging. So the last two games of the season, we went to Bryden and beat them, stopped them from winning the league 2 0. I played in that and scored. So once I put myself back in the side, it was all right. <laughs> That's the joke, by the way. And then, uh, and then we played Greenways at home the last game of the season and beat them. So I'd already decided way before then that I, I wanted to just park the management thing for now because I still had that desire to play. So I, I decided to, to basically, I told the club that I wouldn't be taking, carrying on as manager next season, but I'd like to stay as a player. Um, they accepted that and we got the season finished and then we went into the next year uh, where I was just back as a player, which was obviously Lee Roots came back in. He, he um, brought a good, a good coaching uh, staff with him got together a decent side and we were jumping ahead of it. We were on track to basically get promoted. We were second at the time where the season was then obviously null and void because of because of COVID. So that was very frustrating, given the fact that I don't know a lot of lot of clubs would talk about it, but we'd played, I think we played over 80% of the games. So you could have done the points per game to average it out and we would have finished second based on points per game just behind Russell, who had come back down into that league, yeah, we would have got them back to where we needed to get to. So that was very disappointing that 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 ended up the way it did. But yeah, that 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 sort of like exposure to that management for me, if I ever did go back into that, it's got to be when you've stopped playing. You can't do both and and enjoy it. There's so much more work that you have to do that you don't really appreciate. Things like getting training, organised, equipment, kit. It's, it's a lot of stuff that goes with it that you don't necessarily kind of think about. But I, I'm not going to rule it out because obviously I absolutely love being involved in football, but it just, just needs to need to, to have a think about that one. Yeah. Um, I'm still, as you know, I'm still playing. So or I was still playing until obviously all of this stop start stuff happened. And my intention, once we do get the opportunity to go to go back and play will be to play. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, there's just, there's certain, I'll tell a little story about when I was at Holmesdale and I was dealing with, I had a player on loan from Greenwich Borough, I won't name him, um, which Steve, Steve O'Boyle was a manager or his assistant at Greenwich at the time or manager, I can't remember. And he, he took me out a couple of players, some really good lads actually. One of these players that wanted to come in, um, I had a conversation with him. He, he, we'd agreed a little bit of, um, like money just for him to come in just to cover his expenses um, and that was it thought I'd got him thought lovely if it was a centre half and then literally I got a call back from him about 20 minutes later said I've just spoke to my agent and he's told me that uh, he doesn't think I should take the move and I was like what you know we're in like step six here it's, it's just unbelievable isn't it like players with agents uh, uh, he was only a young lad and obviously they're trying to make yeah. make it in the game but I just just totally blew me away that there's a kid <laughs> at this age at this level of football with an agent just, just like what's that about so yeah things like that, that it, it, it's, it is annoying and and also I get a lot of people told me at the time like you you were thrown in at the deep end it's a difficult situation when you only have that amount of time to plan I get 
that probably happens a lot. That's the way of the world when it comes to football. But for me, you need you need a good period of time prior to a season starting to get that set up how you would like it. But that's all. It's all a learning curve, isn't it? So they're all, all things that I'll, I'll learn from if I do decide to go down that road. At the moment, just purely concentrating on football once it all restarts again. Yeah. So um, obviously, once 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 the homes that the last season that was null and void that ended, we then came back. I went back to Homesdale. We started again. The squad had changed slightly, and I kind of just had that feeling that I wasn't going to be. I wasn't going to be playing as much as I would like again. So took it upon myself. I actually accepted a, to be part of the coaching team. So I play a coach role. All right. Yeah, but I just didn't I just didn't want to kind of I felt that I would probably end up being the coach more than the player and I and that was not what I wanted. I still wanted to play. Um there was a couple of other things that went on at the club that I didn't necessarily like or agree with that went against my principles of of being involved in football and that gave me enough kind of reason to, to move away from there. And then I decided, I went to Otford, just thought, they're down in the in County Prem, so step seven. Went to Otford, just thought, look, this is probably going to be it. I'm, I'm 40 now. So just just play some games there and just enjoy your last season. And that, that was genuinely the intention. And yeah, it's all that concern that I spoke about earlier when you're talking about dropping down levels, and there's standards that you kind of get used to. For me, that level was just a drop too far. And it wasn't to the standard that I would have liked to keep it feeling like worthwhile to me. So, yeah, played played a couple of games there. Again, didn't win a game, just drew a few games. And it was, wasn't fun, scored a couple of goals. But just, I think at the time we were obviously, we weren't allowed to use dressing rooms because of COVID. So it was all a bit disjointed and... Yeah, not fun. So, so I ended up. I spoke to Lid over the year, over the probably the last couple of seasons. They made inquiries about me going down there. Um, I'd always sort of like dismissed it because it's just it was always to me it's the end of the world, isn't it? It's like miles away. Like deals a long way for everyone, but yeah. this just feels like you're just driving there forever. Albeit unbelievable setup there. Got a really nice ground. Again, unbelievable people that run the club. So. Finally needed an out from Oxford and, and finally sort of like caved and said, yeah, go on, then I'll come down. And I think I only got to play three games so far. And then that and then we're in the situation we're in now. So that that's taken us up to where we are now. But I've, I've enjoyed being involved down there and, and they're keen for me to still, uh, the manager down there still wants me to, to go back when we, when we get the opportunity to. So at the moment I am doing a bit of running and trying to just, stay on top of it as much as you can yeah. uh, with the hope that we get, get back as soon as we can and I can start playing some football games. So I just I just want that. I've got a real strong desire to want that one last season. And I know I keep, people will say you've said this all the time, like for the last five years or whatever, but a lot of people have said to me, play as long as you can, because once you, you stop, that's it, you're done. And, and, I, and that, that hit me quite hard, the thought of not being able to play football. I don't like that thought at all. So my my plan is to to, to definitely go back when I can and see see where we are and see if I can get another proper season out of out of it and hopefully help help Lid progress a little bit. They're they're kind of got a very young squad, young manager, 
um, Mickey Doyle, who was assistant there before with uh, Liam Smith, he, Mickey's played football to a very high level, uh, played for Salisbury uh, in the in the conference, I think. So he's he's got good standards. But we are a very young side, no no budget. It's purely about love of playing football and trying to develop some of these young kids. So uh, that quite excites me. I think I'm, I'm comfortable with um, what I've achieved over my playing career from winning things and promotions to, to, to kind of at this age, just accept being at, at a club that wants to progress, but might not necessarily challenge immediately for, for honours. So yeah, let's, let's, let's hope for the sake of everyone involved in non-league that we get to play some football soon. Absolutely. And in the, in the future, you could look back and little lid, as you've referred to, like almost like the end of the world. I know where you're coming from because I've been down that way a lot. I know what it's like. But looking back, it could be the catalyst this coming season for whatever they achieve in the future. You'd never yeah. know. Yeah. And, and you know, you you being part of that, well, you know, that's nice, isn't it? It is. It is nice, and it is. I know it's it's can be very very windy down there, and it can be a tough, challenging place to play football. But I think just to be at that level where it still feels proper to me, like it's, things are done properly. Yeah. And that, that is what appeals to me when you've, when you've played in non-league and you've played at good clubs, you, you want to retain that as long as you can. But yeah, if I can have, if I can have an input in that, even if that, if it's, that's a season of maybe like playing 30, 40, 50% of games, but able to help some of the, the younger players just give them a, pass on what I can from my experience then then that would be nice and then who's to say where you go from there you don't who's know what opportunity is going to rise coaching wise management wise yeah we'll see we'll see but it's I think what, you, what I think what you said that hit home with me earlier on your conversation when you were talking about management that coming in such a late almost like just thrust in no time to plan no pre-season no time to get your own yeah. players to sort of mould your way of playing into it, that must have been so difficult. Yeah, it, it, it was tough, Tony. It is tough. And and I get a lot of people have to do that. And that's managers get sacked, managers quit, managers just, just decide they don't want to do it anymore. And, and then someone has to step up. And that can be as quick as getting a, a team together in a few days. But yeah. I didn't I didn't expect not have, like to have 80% of the squad walk out. No, that's just, a bit of a killer, isn't it? Or not get in contact with you, or let you know the situation, and and that's just poor etiquette for me. And how you wouldn't behave like that. But that, that was that was what it was. Like I said, it was a learning curve. I think it it would it will stand me in good stead for if I decide to go down that road. I'd like to I'd like to think that I will, but I'm not going to say I'm not going to sort of like say that's what I definitely want to do because I'm not certain of that yet. <laughs> You can hang on to the fact that your last two games, you won both of them as manager. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I remember that, yeah. Forget about the, the nine game unbeat, uh, uh, games without a win. Yeah, forget about that. That's history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, I, I think we better call it a day there because uh, do you know what's going to happen? Somebody's going to write to me or phone me or you and they're going to tot up all the different clubs that you've been to once, twice, three, four times in some cases where you've been back and forth. And they're going to give you a number of how many clubs you played for. Now, I'm going to guess, I haven't got a clue, 
But at, over the period of time, you'll either do it or someone will come and tell you. I reckon it's going to be in the mid-20s. No, no, it's not. No, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Not singularly. I'm talking right. about backwards and forwards. Yeah, okay. That's fair. I think you're probably right. I mean, I will... I will uh, call him out because he did send me a couple of nice messages, but there's one man that will definitely be able to do this for me, and that's Mark Wyver. Um, <laughs> he, he he basically knows everything about non-league football, doesn't he? So I, I might get on to him to actually work that out for me. I'm sure he'll do it. Well, actually, the funny thing is I've been in communication with Mark, like all of us. You know, he drops a message and all of a sudden comes in. And I spoke to him. I said, well, Mark, I need to get you on. And he went, no, 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 I don't, I'm not going to come on. I said, come on, you do know the football. No, you yeah. won't come on. I know. I said the same thing. Yeah, I said the same thing to him. I said, you should do it because you'll have an unbelievable recollection of games that you've been to that people might not know about. And, and people like to listen to these things. So yeah, they do. And oh, we'll get on to him, Tony. Let's get on oh, to yeah. him. We'll get put some pressure it. on him. I'll have a go as well. And it's a, <laughs> I've, I've got a funny relationship with him, really, because we get on well. But whenever I see him, we abuse each other. Now, if you didn't know, if you didn't know, you'd think we were we just had a row or anything. Quite often, I walk in the walk into the clubhouse, and Mark will be standing at the bar. And he'll go, "Oh, you row, so you could off just like that." And people turn around, and go, "What?" I said, "Don't worry, it's like it all the time." But yeah. it's just it's just how the relationships developed over the years. Yeah, and, I can imagine, I can picture that actually. I can picture yeah. that. Yeah, it's good. Well, it's been a pleasure, Andy. I'll just finish off here now for everybody. Once again, Andy Constable, you've been a star today. Uh, not only the man who puts the ball in the net, but you tell a great story. So from everybody here at uh, Belmont Banter and everyone listening out there, thanks, Andy, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Tony. Speak to you soon. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fibre services to the telecoms industry specializing in optical fiber provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter, for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers.